This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the 12th Sunday of Ordinary Time, the 21st of June. You don't have to be especially observant or a social scientist to realise that over the last few months our lives have been gripped by a very real fear and anxieties. Fear comes in many guises, but for the majority of us, we've been filled with a sense of fear for our lives, for our families, fear for our employment and economic well-being, and fear for what the future holds. Fear is something very real. And that is why I want to try to address that fear in my homily this weekend, because fear debilitates, it paralyzes, and can make us lose hope and trust in God. And what God does not want us to be is afraid. Now, I presume that this is why there's a coupling of the first and the second, or the first reading and the gospel reading of Mass this Sunday. Jeremiah the prophet was an outstanding human character. He was one of the great prophets of Israel. But at the same time, he was often not sure of himself. He felt he was too young. He was beset with doubts. And he seems to have cultivated what today we might call paranoid fears. Listen to what he says. I hear so many disparaging me, terror from every side, denounce him, let us denounce him. This is what he hears when he tells the people the truth and they don't want to hear it. No prophet is actually ever met with a positive response. They all got a lot of negative reaction and feedback. All those who used to be my friends watched for my downfall. I must say, even at the risk of sounding paranoid myself, that as a parish priest, and with my other hat on too, whenever you say something or do something or intimate something, you're just often waiting for people to have a negative reaction. Well, this is the negative reaction Jeremiah gets to his prophecy. But when in the midst of his fears, he senses an extraordinary power, he can say, but the Lord is at my side, for he has delivered the soul of the needy from the hands of evil men. It's not a case of all my troubles having disappeared, but by the grace of God, it's in my struggles and in my anxieties, I know and possess a greater power than any of them. This is one of the most fundamental teachings of the whole Bible, and it's fundamental to the spiritual life. Not, God is with me, therefore I have no problems. Rather, in my struggles and troubles, I sense a power that is greater. Jesus, our Lord, magnifies this and expands this when he tells us, fear no one, no matter who is denouncing you or coming at you with a furious intensity, do not be afraid. Why? Because in Jesus Christ, we become connected to the very power of God. So we can stand above all the vagaries of space and time. We are in the centre of that wheel of fortune, that wheel that turns so that sometimes you're up, sometimes down, sometimes losing, sometimes gaining. Life goes that way. Wealth and power and pleasure and honour. The wheel is turning all of the time. But when we are in Christ... We're not on the edge of that wheel. We're at the very centre where it does not change. 
when you are in Christ, you are in the interior castle that Teresa of Avila speaks of. That means that whatever mayhem is going on outside, we have found a place of safety and a place of power. Jesus says that we have to be concerned with those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. The body passes, but the soul, that place where we are in living contact with God, that soul endures forever. So we have to get our fears in right order, get our fears properly prioritised. Jesus tells us to fear the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. What are we afraid of? Who are we afraid of? The imaginary paper tigers or the living God? The saints are the ones who can teach us how to prioritise our fears. Think of the young, young Karol Wojtyla, St John Paul II. He began life behind locked doors as a young man during the Nazi occupation of Poland, preserving the great works of Polish literature, knowing full well that if the Nazis found them, they would be killed. That same Karol Wojtyla, now come of age as Pope John Paul II, could say in his inaugural homily, to all the world, do not be afraid. And he was having all those experiences of the barbarism of the 20th century and therefore had every right to feel justified in his fears. Yet he says to the world, do not be afraid. How? Because he was grounded in Christ. Or think of a recently canonised saint Jose Luis Sanchez del Rio, a young Mexican who during the Cristero period, when the Mexican government turned violently against the church, putting priests and nuns to death and burning down churches, trying to stamp out Catholicism. That young man, all of 14 years, stood up for his faith, despite huge opposition, threats, and the worst kind of torture, and finally the reality of the firing squad. He wasn't afraid of those who could kill the body. He was more concerned with his soul. He was living in Christ and therefore found the place of peace and safety even under the worst conditions. Think of another recently canonised saint, Teresa of Calcutta, the diminutive nun who walked calmly into the maelstrom of the worst slum in the world and commenced to care for the poor, the sick and the dying. Furthermore, that same nun, a Nobel Peace Prize winner, who had the courage to stand before a national prayer breakfast in Washington and challenge the President and First Lady and Government to their faces over the issue of abortion. That courage came from living in Christ. Do not be afraid of those who can kill the body and can do nothing else. Think of St. Charles Wanga the 25-year-old chief of pages to the king of Uganda in the 1880s, who refused the king's immoral advances and his demand that he renounce his Christian faith. Marched to the place of execution, tied to a grill, he endured burning at the stake, sighing only, O oh God, as he died. Do not be afraid of those who can harm only the body. Whom did all those figures fear? Not the wickedest human beings that surrounded them. Rather, they feared God. 
They worried not about what people wanted them to do, but what God wanted them to do. What are our priorities in terms of desires, in terms of fears? Whom do we want to please above all? Whom do we fear? Once we resolve those questions, the rest of life will unfold correctly. None of these great figures lived a serene life, a life free of worry or threat or persecution. And I think there's a common misconception that those who live with a belief in God expect their lives to be a bed of roses. The kind of attitude, if you believe in God, how do you explain the fact that you are going through suffering? There is nothing in the Bible or the lived faith of the church over 20 centuries that leads us to expect something other. There is no page in the Bible that says those who believe in God will be perfectly fine and never have a problem or any suffering, that nothing bad will ever happen to you. On the contrary, it's not either or, you believe in God or you have struggles, but in finding courage in the midst of the struggles, finding the courage that gets you through the negativity of life. It's clinging to the rock that is Christ always and not being afraid. Mary heard those words, do not be afraid, from the angel at the moment of the Annunciation, when she was covered with confusion and uncertainty. If we live close to her, she will help us respond and live as she did, in the power and in the grace of God. Let us pray. Grant, O God, that we may always revere and love your holy name, for you never deprive of your guidance those you set firm on the foundation of your love, through Christ our Lord. Amen.